This week on Not Sam Wrestling, I'm going down every match at WrestleMania with my special guest, the returning Katie Linendahl. Plus, we're going to go over the Hart Foundation going into the Hall of Fame. Charlotte wins the SmackDown Women's Championship. The women are main eventing, and a whole lot more. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Ah. Just down in some of that orange vanilla Coke. It's great. It's not even a commercial. It's just what I'm drinking right now. Coca-Cola is not a sponsor. Welcome. It's not Sam Wrestling. It's WrestleMania uh, season. We're a week and a half out. It's so exciting. I love this time of year. And you guys were really uh, responsive to last week's podcast. So many of you guys liked the format and the conversation that I had with Wade Keller. The idea that because of uh, we because we are where we are, that in that moment it was uh, more valuable or just something that you guys wanted to hear. A good conversation between a couple of dudes who just like wrestling, especially with so much happening right now. So... I decided to keep that format going. It's WrestleMania season after all. And this week, I've got Katie Linendahl returning to the podcast. Uh, she's going to be breaking down every match at WrestleMania alongside uh, myself. So we're going to be combining, once again, the interview and the State of Wrestling segments into one monster, massive segment so we can just continue getting hyped up for WrestleMania season. I just love it. I could talk about WrestleMania season everywhere I go for the next two weeks and be ecstatic about it. I'm so excited. Um, we'll talk about everything that went down on SmackDown and, and Charlotte and the, the women main eventing and so much in uh, uh, our interview segment with Katie Linendahl. Uh, but I do want it with so much going on, I told you last week that I was going to let you guys know everything that was happening in New York for WrestleMania. There's a lot of people coming in from out of town and with so much going on, it's it's tough to figure out what to do. I know that if I was not from New York or if I was coming in from out of town and just wanting to spend fill up my, my dance card with wrestling shows, I would be petrified of missing something. I'd be FOMO. I'd have the fear of missing out everywhere that I went. So what I decided to do was I said, I'll go over on the podcast this week and I'll talk about everything that's happening in New York WrestleMania week. And then I looked at everything that was happening in New York WrestleMania week. And I said, this is a whole nother show. I don't have time on Not Sam Wrestling to go over absolutely everything. So here's what I'm doing. Tomorrow, if you're listening to this when it comes out on Thursday, Friday of this week, that's, uh, what's the date? Uh, March 29th, Friday, March 29th. If you go over to patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling and you're a member uh, on any level, because it's just an audio show, I'm going to be dropping a WrestleMania weekend companion podcast that lets you know everything that's going on in New York and New Jersey, WrestleMania weekend, and everything that I would be doing if I could do anything. I let you know what my schedule would be if I had time uh, to do it all. If I could just book out wrestling shows and nothing was sold out, here's exactly the shows that I would be doing. And you don't have to do what I do. I let you know everything that's going on. So that Weekend Companion podcast is going to come out Friday, and it's going to be available on Patreon. Of course, if you want to subscribe, it's patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. And that introductory level, it's less than a dollar a week. It's, it's four bucks a month. 
You can be a Money Mark, and Money Mark level, not Sam Shills, get access to all audio bonus shows, including this bonus WrestleMania companion show. Uh, Speaking of bonus material, if you're one level up, if you're an indie darling level, not Sam Shill, you get access to all the video content we put out. You're going to be able to see the entire segment that I do with Katie Linendahl this week on the podcast. You'll be able to watch it uh, over at the Not Sam Wrestling Patreon page, but you'll also get the new unboxed videos. You know, I got these figures, I got this studio, I got these cameras, so I'm going to start unboxing the, the stuff that I get, the wrestling stuff that I get in the mail, I'll start unboxing uh, for you guys to see for yourselves over at the Patreon page, Indie Darling level and above, patreon.com slash wrestling. If you go right now, you can already see the video. Uh, I got the Mattel ser- uh, Retrofest series, GameStop exclusive, Ric Flair, complete with red robe and everything. He looks amazing. You can see him for yourself uh, with the unboxing video that's available now over at patreon.com slash wrestling for indie darling level not Sam Shills and above. So, let's get into it. Before we start, uh, I want to talk about the Hall of Fame a little bit. You know, this is the year of two-timers going in. You've got Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and Booker T. They're all getting their second rings this year. Booker T with the Harlem Heat, of course, Shawn Michaels with D-Generation X, and we found out this week that the Hart Foundation is going into the Hall of Fame. I would imagine that Natty will be there alongside Brett the Hitman Hart in accepting uh, this induction, and I'm not mad at it. You know, I think that there's only so many stars, and we want to see these guys get honored, and you can't tell me that the Harlem Heat doesn't deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame. You can't tell me that the Hart Foundation doesn't deserve a spot, and I like the Hart Foundation going in as a team rather than just Jim the Anvil Nightheart because the Hart Foundation really was, to me, the definitive era of Jim the Anvil Nightheart. And it gives us a reason to see Bret Hart come in and talk to us. It's very, very seldom that we see Bret Hart at WWE shows. So the idea of him coming in to talk about uh, the tag team that he had with Jim the Anvil Nightheart, I don't know. I like it. I think it's great. I wonder if we'll have one more announcement, one more Hall of Fame uh, person inducted this year next week on Raw or not. I don't know. Right now, you've got DX as the headliners. You got the Hart Foundation. You got Tori Wilson. You got the Honky Tonk Man. You got the Harlem Heat. I don't think I'm missing anybody. I think those are the five that have been announced. Will we get a six or will we not? I don't know. But you got a stage with Bret Hart with Shawn Michaels, with Booker T, with Triple H, with X-Pac, with the Outlaws, with, you know, a lot of star power going on for this year's Hall of Fame, so uh, it should be fun. Speaking of Hall of Fame, that same night, you've got the G1 Supercard going on over at Madison Square Garden, Ring of Honor, and uh, New Japan. We get into that whole card over on the bonus podcast that's coming out on Friday, but, you know, I just, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what their reception is. I wonder what the pay-per-view is going to be like. You know, will people, I know that if you're in New York for WrestleMania weekend, you'll go to as many shows as you humanly possibly can. But if you're watching on TV, will you order the Ring of Honor pay-per-view knowing that you've got WrestleMania the next day and you could watch the Hall of Fame for free on the WWE Network? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it pans out. I get why people do these big shows WrestleMania weekend to get the audience in the building, but I don't know if it works the same way when they're televised. Uh, Cody Rhodes this week said that AEW would never run shows WrestleMania weekend because that's WWE's weekend. 
And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. He said something similar a few weeks ago. And I just think that that's so smart. You know, I think AEW, to differentiate themselves, to give themselves a weekend, you know, maybe All In is their big event if they do another All In show uh, this summer. Maybe that's their weekend. You know, we're at to, uh, another StarCast. You don't see WWE trying to glom on to StarCast and All In. So I think that AEW not trying to glom on to WWE stuff makes them look even bigger to me. I think that that's the right way to do it. Uh, but let's not wait a minute longer. We've got Katie Linendahl on the show. Uh, of course, you know Katie Linendahl and her history with Not Sam Wrestling. If you don't, go back into all the old podcasts and you can listen to her many, 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 many appearances. But I had to bring her out of the bullpen. I had to bring her back so that we could talk WrestleMania. I haven't talked to her all WrestleMania season. So I wanted to see where she lied on a lot of these matches that we've seen announced. Charlotte winning the Women's Championship, the Kofi Kingston story, and the subtext around it. So much to get into. Let's get into all of it right now with Miss Katie Linendahl. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. Well, back on the podcast is a very, very busy woman, but somebody that you all uh, adore very much and have adored over the years that this podcast has been a thing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Katie Linendahl. Welcome back, Katie. Oh, that was such a kind introduction. May I say? Yeah, when you just said all, for I a sec, for a second, I thought you said call. <laughs> like it was just like a nice sting call to yeah, welcome it was a you back. Inflated call. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's all good. Look, I follow you. you. Know I always follow you on social media and keep track of everything you're doing. And like, you know, the the. The activity of Linendahl just continues to pick up and pick up. Although you pop up everywhere. It wasn't that long ago. Maybe it was, and it just feels like it wasn't that long ago that I was at whatever WWE pay-per-view it was. And all like one of the producers was just like, yeah, we got Linendahl uh, in the truck today doing something. And I went, what? <laughs> what? Survivor Series weekend. That feels like that was yesterday. I know. That's what Was it really Survivor Series? So that's back in yes. November. Yeah, yes. and they were in doing, LA. like, you know, WWE does, like, ridiculous VR stuff, I think way ahead of just about anybody that's on that level, WWE's level. And all of a sudden, without warning, which is kind of how you like to roll, um, totally. Katie Linendahl just shows up uh, backstage in catering. She's doing uh, stuff with the with the digital department and, and covering the VR stuff and everything, and I'm like, yeah, of course she's here. Of course. Aww. Thank yeah. you for that, Sam. And, and I have to say on the VR side, so to paint a little picture, that there's a VR truck because obviously they're capturing everything in virtual reality on the yeah. big pay-per-views at, at, at least. Yeah. I toured with SportsCenter when I used to work for ESPN years ago. And the trucks, as you can imagine, for SportsCenter, when you go inside there and the editors and the producers were all hanging out inside the truck getting their work done, they're huge. The VR trucks alone for WWE were bigger than the sports center trucks in my experience. I mean, that could have changed over the years, but I was blown away. I mean, that's so it amazing. Was really cool to see. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about WWE and you know, you could say what you want about uh, whatever about WWE really, but when they decide to go for something, they just go all in. Yeah. Like, you know, they introduced the WWE network and they just put everything behind it. When they decide, all right, let's try this virtual reality thing. They're bringing an entire massive truck of everything. And it's not like it's just going to be, oh, so we'll just take our DVDs and then you'll put goggles on and it'll be virtual reality. <laughs> no, you got I one of those 3D glasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those we're real new. We're going to do everything in like red and blue. 
so a that new if, master. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's on the forefront of everything. Well, before we get lost in everything else that's going on, look, you know, there's a reason why specifically I said, you know, you got to come on this week. You got to come on and, and we got to do something before WrestleMania. Because I went on Twitter this week and as is per usual, whenever I tweet something while WWE is on, it gets best case scenario is a mixed reaction, right? It's like, like that's, that's a positive thing for me when there's at least a mixed reaction to something <laughs> that I say. But, um, you know, I said after Charlotte won the SmackDown women's title and we'll get there. Uh, I said, this has got to be the craziest WrestleMania season in recent memory, just with the way that stories are just moving in such crazy directions. And I'm not even saying positive or negative. I'm just saying there are abrupt changes to stories that are happening really, really close to WrestleMania that we usually don't see. I mean, have you uh, have you had trouble keeping up with everything that's going on or are you enjoying this? That is such a great point. It, I, I have felt the same exact way, but there's so there's such a variety of different storylines happening. And I think it caters to, maybe you'll agree, like certain people like certain different storylines, so it's fun to be able to just follow all of them. But that's WWE style. I think that they have things figured out really just right before. We're talking about doing things last minute. That's mm -hmm. how we roll. I don't think this is planned out a year in advance, obviously. You, you and I both know that things just kind of happen and they kind of roll a little last minute, which is great. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, just think about where we're at right now. If anything, you're right, it's great, because what they're doing is what WWE fans, I think, have complained about them not doing for years. It's, you know, they, they decide a year in advance that Roman Reigns should main event WrestleMania. And we get to WrestleMania 34 last year, and everybody's going, of course Roman Reigns should not main event WrestleMania. But they're like, <laughs> right. look, we decided this a year ago. It's happening. Whatever. We're going to do it. And the match gets booed out of the building. Instead of going that route, they are changing and just trying to figure out what's the best scenario based on the audience that's in front of them. Because when you break it all down, it's like Kofi Kingston was not anywhere near the position that he's in before Mustafa Ali got injured. And that was only in February. So in February, they go, oh, wow, look what we have with Kofi. Let's pivot and let's put Kofi in the position that he's in. Becky Lynch being the main event of WrestleMania. Let's be honest, this wasn't a grand plan with Becky Lynch. SummerSlam, she turns heel. And I don't think that that was a heel turn that was meant to become a good guy to blah, blah, blah. I think the thought was at SummerSlam, we're going to make Becky Lynch a bad guy. And she became the most popular figure in wrestling, as we had a discussion the last time. Uh, Happy to revisit that. You were on the show. Well, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and there's a whole new context to put all that in now as things are evolving. But they go, you know what? Whatever we had planned for WrestleMania, whatever we thought we were going to do over the course of the next six months, this is back in August, they say, let's switch it up. I think Becky Lynch needs to be in the main event of this show now. And she is, you know, they were going to try to do this Becky Lynch-Ronda Rousey match at Survivor Series that we just talked about. Remember? that mm -hmm. the, the, main of the, the big match at Survivor Series was Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. And I'm sitting there going... That match has to close Survivor Series because that's the one that everybody cares about. Little did I know that because, again, because Becky Lynch is injured, they have to pivot, put Charlotte in that match, and go, wait a minute. We have lightning in a bottle with Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. We're going all the way to Mania with this thing. 
Um, it's uh, and not to act like we know really what's happening behind the scenes, but do you genuinely and in, in you know so much 360? Do you think they really have changed their business strategy and making more last minute decisions to bring this full circle, or do you think that we've made that up? I don't think that they're making. I I don't want to say that they're making last minute decisions. In my opinion, I think though. That they're, they're rolling, going with the flow a little yes. bit more. I think that they're listening a little bit more, and I think that really? they're I think that they're trying a few more things, and I think that that's uh, essential right now because I think that when the McMahons came out in December and said that we're going to shake things up, and everybody was like, "Oh, does that mean there's going to be a superstar shakeup?" And it was really just the McMahons and Triple H, of course, in a ring on Monday Night Raw saying, "We're going to change the way we do things, and we're going to start listening to you." And people left that episode of Raw going, nothing changed. They just took the general managers out. Who cares? I think that that speech was not about on-air TV characters. That speech was about the business. That speech was about the way they did things in WWE. Because from that point forward, I think that that's when they really started to be a lot more malleable and try a lot of different things. I mean, look at the announcers backstage asking real questions all of a sudden. You know, the, these are, are moves that I think are being made strategically and on purpose to go, I know that we've had a way of doing things for a long time. Let's mix things up. And as we head towards WrestleMania, that's when we really start to throw things at the wall. And we're going to get past WrestleMania 35 to see what really stuck, I think. Well, you talk about, get, I mean, this might be too nerdy, but even the production shots have changed mm -hmm. significantly over the last few months. Do you not notice that as a wrestling fan? I mean, if you've watched for, as we'd have our whole lives, you know that the shots have even changed, the way that they're doing the production style. Little things here and there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I think I think from top to bottom it's changing. Let's talk about, let's talk about this show. Let's talk about WrestleMania. I think we have to start with the women, right? Because when we look at this week, and I'm sitting there as the week goes on, and I'm going, okay, what am I going to talk about on the podcast this week? What's, you know, what's essential? That's usually how I start. What's essential to talk about on the podcast? And at first I said, well, the thing to talk about with the women is the fact that they've clearly, they've made the announcement through press release. They are going and doing media to announce this. That there is no, hey, what do you think's going to headline? What do you think's going to go on last? It's official Becky Lynch versus Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey is the main event of WrestleMania 35, and it's going on last. What I didn't realize until Tuesday night was that Charlotte was going to go in as the SmackDown Women's Champion. How did we all not see? I mean, many probably did, but I, I didn't. I didn't even think of that. I don't know why my brain didn't even go there. Did well, you think of that? No, and I don't think that. Like, I, I think that maybe early on people could have said like, oh. There's a couple of well, there's a couple of possibilities here, right? Like either somebody's gonna walk out and be dual champion, or the SmackDown title's not gonna be on the line, or Charlotte's work. People, I was reading my Twitter last night. Some people think Charlotte's gonna work double duty. No way. They're not using their main of. First of all, for Charlotte to work double duty at WrestleMania, meaning she defends the SmackDown Women's Championship earlier in the show and then goes to the main event, makes absolutely no sense. Because then Charlotte walks into the main event as a sympathetic underdog because she's already wrestled a title match tonight. And Charlotte's a bad guy who doesn't deserve to be there. So why would you have her wrestle twice? Although, let me back up one second, if I may. Yeah. The, I didn't see Charlotte going into that match on SmackDown at the fury that she did. I mean, there was some risk-taking. Like, 
if I'm approaching that match right before WrestleMania, I may throw in a single leg takedown, possibly an airplane spin, maybe a backbreaker. I'm not going all out crazy. That was insane. So is anything possible at this point? I mean, yes, of course anything's possible. Yes, 100%, as you and I both know. Yes, anything is possible. Yes, it is possible that she wrestles two matches at WrestleMania. But it would make the least sense of anything that's happened leading to WrestleMania. It would be completely counteractive to anything that they've done well, with and Charlotte. Also the hype of her coming out. I think that well, yeah, 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 you're right. time in the night. Eh. It would blow that, but it would, yeah, it would make no sense because, it, like I said, it would build sympathy to Charlotte. It would make Becky Lynch have an advantage, and the whole quality of Becky Lynch is she's the only one in this match that, if anything, has a disadvantage. They've been trying to take this match away from her. It just makes no sense. Um, the other question is the uh Oscar being added as a fatal four way which no I love Oscar that's not going to happen like WWE has spent already has made a, a tremendous investment in marketing the fact that WrestleMania is headlined by Becky Lynch and Charlotte and Ronda Rousey and I think that the reason why Charlotte was added to the match at all is they go okay we have Ronda Rousey. Obviously, Ronda Rousey is going to be in the main event women's match. We have a story with Becky Lynch here. Uh, we can turn this into the main event of WrestleMania. I think that that's, okay, we, this is not a sort of, and and you see that, you know. You, you run the risk when you are saying, for the first time ever, the women are going to main event WrestleMania. The last thing that you want is for it to feel like the women are main eventing WrestleMania because wouldn't it be cool to see women main event WrestleMania, mm -mm. right? Mm -mm. Yeah, what you want is... The women are main eventing WrestleMania because this is the main event. This is why people are buying tickets. This is the match that people want to see at WrestleMania. And I think they realized they had that in Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. But WWE's got to sit there as well and say, look, realistically, we don't know how long Ronda Rousey's got left in WWE. Some people think she's gone after WrestleMania. Some people say she's signed a three-year deal. But let's say she's got another year left. You're now putting this tremendous investment and saying this is the first female main event of WrestleMania. And you've got Ronda Rousey, who best case scenario is giving you another year, maybe two, but probably, at, you know, best case scenario, another year. She's not somebody that's going to be there 10 years down the road. Then you've got Becky Lynch. And Becky Lynch, as much as everybody wants to be a fan of Becky Lynch, and I'm a fan of Becky Lynch and everything's great, you have to understand that these rise Becky Lynch just because she's super popular organically and everybody just decided that she was the female Stone Cold does not mean that she's the female Stone Cold meaning that because Becky Lynch is popular right now and it, it's a trend like any other trend meaning it could last forever it could last for five years but realistically six months from now what if people are over Becky Lynch what if Becky Lynch goes back to being the person that she was a year ago and that's being in the women's battle royal on the kickoff show. That could, probably not, but possibly. That could happen with Becky Lynch. What you have with Charlotte is clearly the person that WWE has decided is going to be as close to a female equivalent of John Cena as you're going to get, I think. So, what you have is you're going, we want to put Charlotte in this match that is this women's match is going to have more attention on it than any women's match has ever had in the history of professional wrestling. 
So what you want to do with all those eyes and what you want to do with that energy is showcase the people that are going to carry this division for as long as humanly possible. And you may have that with Becky Lynch, but you definitely have that with Charlotte. And I think that that's why Charlotte was added to this match. I, force, I, I don't foresee Becky Lynch's run being short-term. I don't think we have like a Jinder Mahal situation here. Well, no, that's a different Where she's going to deflate. <laughs> That's a, you know, like six more months. I, I feel like she's a stronghold in, in, in terms of being, you know, and on the forefront of, of the face of women's wrestling. No, you, you could no, see no, no. that potentially going a different way or just more of an undercard. I could see that going a different way. I'm not saying it is going to go a different way. I certainly wouldn't put her in the Jinder Mahal category because I think when Jinder Mahal was the WWE champion, a lot of people were scratching their heads going, why is this guy the WWE champion? Whereas that's not happening with Becky Lynch. Um you know, can I, we go back to your thought on um, you, where do you pull the calculation of uh, you really think Rousey only has a few years in it? Yeah, because I mean, you know I don't read the sheets, so you got more on on that realm than I do. But no, and I also mean, off of the heels of that, I, I did poking around today and doing some, some homework. It's I did see that Lynch put it, it, it so it appears had a new contract in hands before WrestleMania. Yeah, but that's I, what they're saying. I don't know. I think. I mean, I think Becky Lynch is here for a long time. I, I think Ronda Rousey is here for a good time, not a long time. You know, I think that. What makes you think that, though? Well, because she's, she's not a professional wrestler through and through. She's a celebrity. She's an actress. She's an MMA fighter. She's a, a judo Olympian performer. I mean, this is something that she adds a tremendous value to WWE. But I don't think for any moment I sat there and said, oh, this is somebody who's going to be here forever. I said, this is somebody who really, the fact that she's coming in and becoming such a regular performer and doing live events and doing Monday Night Raw and doing every pay-per-view, she's already doing more than I think a lot of people would have expected. And Unless I think, it's a giant ruse, though, I feel like she's totally, it feels so genuine and embraced. Like, it feels so legit. It feels so not part-time. No, yeah, you know? I mean, I, th I don't think she's having a bad time, but I also think that at some point she, she said she wants to have a kid at some point. She wants to go home and raise her goats at some point. Like she, and she's made MMA that. money. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you don't get the kids thing as much, but you get the goat thing. I get the goat thing. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but she's 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 made MMA money. She's made Hollywood money. Like this isn't. I don't think this is lifetime for Ronda Rousey, and. If it is, I think that that's a wonderful surprise. But I don't think that WWE is going to look at Ronda Rousey and say, we're going to have this person forever. I think they're looking at, at her and saying, like, wow, we have all of her. We have her 100% right now. So since we have her 100% right now, let's use her and utilize the fact that she's, I mean, taken to this like a fish to water. She's, she's, I mean, excelled at pro wrestling in a way that I think most people didn't think she would. Um, and let's put her in there with people that can really showcase. You know, the first loss that Ronda Rousey has in WWE is going to be an enormous thing, and it could happen at WrestleMania. And if it does, I mean, that'll be very telling, right? If Ronda Rousey is here for a long time, then you would think you just have her win every match. You don't technically count Charlotte? When did, no. The, dis the destructive moment? No, because Charlotte lost by disqualification. Oh, right. Okay. So, I mean, but you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, Charlotte was there standing over Ronda. But in the books, she didn't beat Ronda, right? But she didn't actually 
win. Yeah. She, but she did. She, she was the moral victor in that yeah. moment. But yeah, so I mean, yeah. nobody's been able to pin Ronda Rousey. Nobody's been able to make her tap. You know, people have had good matches with her, but that's it. So you know, I think that that's part You're of. You're ultimately saying too, this isn't just about. It's a great PR hook, no doubt. Yeah. But it really is, in your opinion, Sam Roberts. Yeah. Is it the best WrestleMania main event match that could be booked for this year? Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. This yes. This is the match. It's a historic moment. Yeah, this is the match that should be main eventing WrestleMania. And you know me. You know that I wouldn't just say that for the sake of the women's revolution or whatever. I would I put wrestling ahead of everything. But yes, this is there are there are certainly arguments to be had. There's an argument for Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. There's definitely an argument for Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. There's there's arguments. But I think no doubt I would go with with this match. Now, I I would appear to me that the fact that they put the SmackDown women's title on Charlotte over on SmackDown this week, uh, I would imagine, unless they're just going to say this title is not on the line, I would imagine that we're looking at uh, a, a unification situation here mm. and that maybe the, single, the, the singles women's championship is going to be treated the same way the tag team women's championship is treated and that those titles will move between brands. Do mm. you think that this is a good idea or a bad idea? I'm not sure. Theoretically. I mean, yeah, why not? Try it out, mix it up. Yeah, you know, I like brand separation. I was that's why that's the only reason I was not sold on the women's tag team championship because I knew that there weren't enough women on either brand to have separate women's tag team championships. So the only way to do it properly would be to have one team move between brands. And I'm not a fan of moving between brands. I think that, that you know, you do it once, then you do it twice, then you start to do it a little bit more regularly, and all of a sudden you've really hurt the integrity of the brand split and you've confused it. Unless they're doing away with it again, which I don't think that they are. Um, but, you know, I here's... I think... The, the positive, I'm not sold on the unification of the championships, and because they haven't said that's what they're doing, it's just speculation. For me, I like having two separate champions, but I'm not so against Charlotte walking into this match with the SmackDown Women's Championship. It isn't without its costs, but I'm not so against it. I think what we've got now is we have purely pinned Becky into a corner. We have made it very, very clear. All you have to do is look at the poster, and it becomes very, very clear now that Becky Lynch is the underdog. You've got two champions. You've got Ronda Rousey, who's the Raw Women's Champion and who's unbeatable. And you've got Charlotte, who's the SmackDown Women's Champion and described as the best athlete in the WWE Women's Division. Certainly, to me, she's the best women's wrestler in the WWE. Charlotte is the best women's wrestler. So you look at that now, and Charlotte, who wasn't even supposed to be in this match, now Becky's got to look at two people with titles, and all she's got to hold herself up, she knows the McMahons don't want her in this match. We're talking storyline now, of course. She knows the McMahons don't want her in this match, and she's looking across the ring, and both these people have won championships. By the way, Charlotte just won a championship from somebody that she could not beat. Becky couldn't beat Asuka at the Royal Rumble. Asuka tapped her out, and Charlotte went and beat her. 
So the argument is there that why would anybody go in saying that Becky Lynch can win this match? And I think that that's the position that that we want Becky to be in. That's the position that garners support for her, right? I think so. I think to me, at the end of the day, just having two championships in there just adds like an insane amount of value, period. Right, in the match, you mean. Look, look at the poster. Right. I mean, come on. It's like right. championship on one side, championship on the other side, Ronda Rousey in the middle. I mean, come on, done. Right. Now, here's the cost, though. Because I said there was a cost. The cost is, and this Everybody is, has a price. Go uh, ahead. No, you're right. You're right. And Asuka had to be paid to the million-dollar man. Because this— <laughs> and it, and it let, it's One interjection. I just want to remind yeah. everybody, it's tax season. Oh, you know, yeah. Very strongly about IRS, so— You're the biggest IRS fan I know. In all t- of all time. Of all time. <laughs> okay. You almost had a not. panic attack when you met him the first time. That's true. That yes. required an inhaler. I digress. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the real question here is, does the SmackDown Women's Championship add value to that triple threat? A hundred percent. I'm with you. I think it absolutely makes it a bigger match, makes it more interesting, makes Becky Lynn, makes everybody in the match come across better. Charlotte is more hateable. Becky is more likable. Ronda is as hateable as she has been since she announced that wrestling was fake. So, you know, everybody is, everything is working properly in this match, in my opinion. But what was the cost of getting there? The cost of getting there is Asuka. Asuka had to be sacrificed to the wrestling gods of SmackDown in order to make this women's main event of WrestleMania even bigger than it already was. So, is it worth sacrificing Asuka, which you did? SmackDown was not a good night for Asuka. For for Charlotte to just come out of nowhere, get a women's championship match, and be able to beat Asuka clean. It is great for Charlotte. It is great for the triple threat match. It is not good for Asuka. Especially with the year that Asuka's had. Although you, but we just talked about the ups and downs. Well, for Oscar, it's about me- that like in the last week. Yeah. How just the, the 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 ups and downs are just things change overnight. Yeah, but it's mainly downs for Oscar. But throw her in a women's battle royal. Oh, we, we've now gone from nobody is ready for Oscar. I don't think anybody can beat this woman. I think she may be the most dominant force in the history of women's wrestling. She just went on an undefeated streak that is making Goldberg jealous to, <laughs> hey, let's put her in the Battle Royal. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we've got an issue here, no? You know what, though? And then in two pay-per-views, she'll be back up for a championship. I mean, come on. Here's the deal. It's so obvious. Here's the, yeah, she'll be back up for a championship, but guess what? You unified the championship. There's only one. So now what are you going to do? Great. Great, even better. <laughs> Even better. Now, I will say, if you really think about it, right, and this is going several steps forward, you do have a natural story in the sense that, let's say Becky Lynch wins at WrestleMania. She is now the unified women's champion. Let's say Becky Lynch wins. Let's say the titles are unified. You know, we're, we're completely making this up as we go. But if Becky Lynch, after WrestleMania, returns to SmackDown and says, I beat Ronda and I beat Charlotte and I'm the women's champion, realistically, Asuka has every reason to say, yeah, but you didn't beat me. I beat you. There you go. So give me a shot at that title. But you know what happens if Asuka gets a shot at that title? She'll just lose again. So, so. Yeah, so, but you're making a good point. Yeah. That it can't, it can't play this, this three-way for forever. No, this is it. WrestleMania has to be the end. 
Like Res- so I, I like what you're proposing here. Bring Oscar back in the mix after WrestleMania. But how many times can you do that? You can only start and stop. So, like, you have a, an automobile. I, hello, AJ Styles Nakamura. That went on for four years. And look at AJ Styles and look at Nakamura. <laughs> I'm just making a point here. Did you watch the last kickoff show? I had to look at AJ Styles in the face on the kickoff show and say, you went from being the champion to being in title matches to coming on the kickoff show and talking about title matches. What happened, AJ? I had to do it for myself. I had I couldn't sit there and not acknowledge that. You're right. Nakamura and AJ start and stop. But now, AJ Styles is nowhere near the WWE title picture, and Nakamura doesn't even have a match at WrestleMania because him and Rusev are like the third best tag team on SmackDown. Maybe. Ups and downs. That's the theme of just the downs. conversation. Just downs. Where's it's the... So far. So far. <laughs> give it a second. It's a Be year. It's give a... it a freaking second. A second. Asuka and Nakamura, I would say, have had a year of downs. Uh, AJ Styles, when did he lose that title? I would say at least 2019. So we're now entering into the fourth month of 2019. Only down for AJ Styles. Until he brings back Malibu Al, and then then you'll be talking. Maybe that's okay? what we're missing. Maybe that's what we're missing. <laughs> but it is. It's like anything else. To, to, but to me, AJ Styles, though, mm-hmm. untouchable. I You could say untouchable. right now. No, listen to me. You could say that it, it's been downhill. That's a fair argument. Downhill? But, He's sitting there in the valley. No, listen to me, homie. <laughs> there's, there, for, for who AJ Styles is, though, yeah. there's only up. It's going to happen. You know why there's only up? Because he's only gone down. Yeah, of course there's only up. Okay, it's, fair point. He's okay, in the that basement. Was well played. That he's, was well played. He's in the basement. It's not like he's but on. AJ Styles, even though he's on yeah. the roster, you, you can use the word like iconic. It's, it's, I don't, I don't see him as. Like, iconic. Let's go back to the Jinder Mahal situation. Okay. There's no picking him up from putting him down right now. Well, poor Jinder Mahal. AJ Styles no. is on another level. Yeah, he's on another level, but like that level is, is, is middle of the road. Right now. Right now. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's where he that that's that's where he is. And the and 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 the question is, is it worth putting Asuka in that spot to make this match bigger? I love Asuka. Part of me thinks it is. Although, you know, I mean this this WrestleMania, if there's one time of the year to bring all your chips, come on. I mean, you mean put them put them all into the all in. Put and and, and when you say you mean put them all Figure into this it match. Out afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm not mad at it. I mean, there's there's questions to pose. And it's You're madder than I thought you'd be about it. Well, I just want to propose the fact that this isn't just all good for everybody. This is bad for Asuka. But it's good for the triple threat match. So you have to walk in going, are we happy that it's good for the triple threat match? Are we mad that it's bad for Asuka? I propose that on April 7th, we walk in saying this is good for the triple threat match. And then we take a page out of the book of Linendahl and say, let's figure out Asuka tomorrow. Yeah, you can always jack it up and then just figure it out on the back end. All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about this WrestleMania card because I want to get your takes on these matches. Let's do it. Uh, the only thing we've got confirmed, you know, I know that your strategy is throw them in the Battle Royal. But the only thing... <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is my total, like... What? Oh, throw them in the Battle Royal. Royal. We got a Battle Royal. <laughs> By the way, w- women's Battle Royal has not yet been announced. Uh, you know, right. one would assume that they'll do it. Right. Because, you know, they decided, they were like, oh, wait, 
Before we do this fatal four-way women's match on SmackDown, let's do Asuka versus Charlotte. And then Charlotte wins. So they're like, nah, never mind that fatal four-way. We don't need it. <laughs> we got a battle royal after all. So, yeah. so who knows? Maybe they'll do the women's battle royal again. I would imagine that they will do the women's battle royal again, but I don't know. Um, what we do know as far as battle royals go is the grand tradition of the Andre Memorial Battle Royal continues. Oh, love yeah, well, you love it because uh, Tatanka showed up that one year. I, <laughs> Out of so nowhere. True. He didn't even have an entrance. He, he was just in the ring. Well, um, rumor has it he forgot that he did have an entrance and that he just forgot to wait for it. That's not the rumor that I heard. Okay, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying. I heard a different rumor that there might have been some chicanery and he ended up. Uh, uh, having to wander his way to the ring, but oh, that's neither oh. here nor there. Um, okay. So the on all we've got confirmed for the Andre Memorial Battle Royal is three giant WWE superstars: Braun Strowman, Michael Che, and Colin Jost. Those are the only people confirmed right now. Now I will ask you, Katie Linendahl, because this has been a hot topic of conversation. First mm -hmm. of all, I'm surprised that people are being negative about WrestleMania this year. Uh, I feel like, yeah, before we get into the card, let's have this uh, this this dialogue, Katie. Um, I think that this actually, this year's WrestleMania is being positioned far more towards WWE fans than most WrestleManias are. Most WrestleManias are really positioned towards mainstream people, mainstream eyes, not our weekly audience. I feel like every match on this show has a story that is being told on television, which isn't always the case, you know? I'm really glad you're going here, Sam. I didn't I, think you'd touch it. I like that, that, that that's what we're doing this year at WrestleMania, that we're Do sticking you? more to Yes the, or no question. Yeah. Like Michael Che and Colin Jost in this scenario. Four wrestling fans, four WrestleMania. Four wrestling fans that... You're a wrestling fan or you're not a wrestling fan. There's no in-between. You either right. grew up on it or you didn't grow up on it. There's no faking it. My, well, answer, cases. my answer to you is yes. And I will tell you why. And that's very controversial. And I will tell you why. Because uh, we look at this WrestleMania card and they go, I mean, people are pissed that Braun Strowman is even in the Battle Royal because they go, Braun Strowman was like. There's another one. Right. Hello. Right. Braun Strowman was like your most over guy, like he was the guy, and then all of a sudden he's got nothing at WrestleMania. Now, here's why I like that Michael Che and Colin Jost are in this battle royal, and I think it's very smart, and I think it's very strategic of WWE. I think that the uh, Braun Strowman, the traveling Braun Strowman act, has uh, morphed into a guy that isn't necessarily going to be your main event good guy universal champion because he's not vulnerable, you know, nobody would ever believe that he's going to be beat, and instead is more the uh, sort of uh, giant guy that we just pay to see him beat up people, right? And I think that that's a good position, and, and, it's, and it's top of the card, and it's very, very valuable, and it's super important. But with all that said, I don't see where he fits on this WrestleMania card besides the Battle Royal. You know, I always think that if you're complaining about something, give me a better solution. Give me a better scenario. And I haven't heard a better scenario for Braun Strowman than what's going on. And I'll tell you why I like that Colin Jost and Michael Che were added to this battle royal. And that is because now we've taken it from this is the Andre battle royal that, you know, it is what it is. We just throw everybody in it and Braun Strowman happens to be in it. We've now shifted 
and made it so that this is something that eyes are going to be on and mainstream eyes are going to be on it. This is the one moment where, you know, maybe not every single wrestling fan in the world is going to be looking at it, but Braun Strowman is in a position to look like a giant star because who's going to be the guy that manhandles the dudes from SNL? Who's going to get that spot? That spot is a massive, massive WrestleMania spot. For the mainstream audience and the highlight reels for the non-wrestling fan. And for the wrestling fan in the sense that every time Braun Strowman smashes things, we get excited, right? That's true. When Kevin Owens powerbombed Machine Gun Kelly off the stage on Raw, wrestling fans loved it. Loved it because they were like, why is Machine Gun Kelly here? And then Kevin Owens powerbombed him off a stage and it was great for the mainstream because what's Machine Gun Kelly doing getting powerbombed off a wrestling stage? But for wrestling fans, it was like, this is great. That was on a stage, though, in his element, not in a ring. Well, it was on a it was on the WWE stage. It was on this. It was on the stage that While was on. He was doing his thing as his expertise. Yeah, but how not in a ring? How great is it? First of all, I've been in a battle royal, so I have no no I right. S- I saw you in that battle. Royal. Right, so I, was, I. You were amazing. Thank you very very much, and I did a great choke slam, and I was incredible. But I have no right to tell anybody they shouldn't be in a battle royal after I jumped into one. But I not think not to mention an Andre Memorial Battle Royal. Wimbledon Super Smash Stew. Precisely. But I think you're, you're speaking my language now. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, the reason it's good is because, I mean, I can't possibly see Michael Che and Colin Jost winning this battle royal, right? If they do, that's a bad thing. I don't like that. That's a bad thing. But if I get to see Braun Strowman beat up Colin Jost and throw him out of a ring, and then Michael Che probably drew carry himself over the top rope, I'm good with that. And if I get to tune in uh, uh, you know, the next night on Monday Night Raw and go, hey, you know those annoying guys from SNL that were bothering you on Raw? Well, here's a clip of Braun Strowman beating them up. I'm going, cool. <laughs> like, good, okay. awesome, right? So that's why I think it's a good spot for Braun Strowman in the sense that there is no other spot for him at the moment. And this makes it something substantial. This makes it so it's not just a run-of-the-mill battle royal appearance. This is a battle royal appearance where he gets to beat up the Weekend Update guys. Um, and I think that wrestling fans will enjoy seeing the weekend update guys getting beat up. And I would imagine that this match will end up on the kickoff show only because the second hour of the kickoff show is going to be on the USA network. And I, that's going to be the, that hour of WrestleMania, the one that's the kickoff show that's also on the USA network. That second hour of the kickoff show is going to have more eyes on it than any other part of WrestleMania. And I would imagine that they would want their Colin Jost, Michael Che, moment to be in front of those eyes and to be early enough on the show where it doesn't take away from any of the main event stuff. I think that that's probably what they'll do. And I'm satisfied with that too. Are they big wrestling fans? Michael Che is an enormous wrestling fan. I don't know about Colin Jost, but I mean, I've, I've, I've hung out with Michael Che at wrestling shows before. Like Michael Che is a crazy wrestling fan. I did not know that. I saw him. A a lifer wrestling fan. Lifer wrestling fan. The Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble in Philly, the one that Nakamura won a year ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I, Michael Che was at that one. He was sitting in the front row for that just as a fan. And I saw him backstage after the show and he just looked at me and he was like, Oh my God, Sam, that was so fun. Like, he was, like, in this state of euphoria. He was like, that was amazing. Yeah, the real wrestling fans, I'll tell you, Michael Che is a real wrestling fan. 
Uh, Sal and Q from the Impractical Jokers are real wrestling fans. As you know, Katie, and as you've heard on the podcast, Dan Soder is a real wrestling fan. Mike Lawrence is a real wrestling fan. Uh, I would tell you, I don't know. What was the integration? Oh my gosh, I'm having a senior moment. But yeah. um, Cody Rhodes, come on. Uh, 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 Stephen Amell? Thank you. Yeah. Killer. I, I believe Killer. Stephen Amell, yes, is a real he's wrestling still going. fan too. I mean, he's still doing stuff on the circuit, if, if memory serves me correct. He is. On the indie scene. He, he was on All In, and I'm sure he'll pop up doing stuff with AEW. Um, all right, let's move on to the next match. Cruiserweight okay. Championship, Buddy Murphy versus Wait, Tony. Wait, I, I got one last question Please. for you on the Battle Royal. Who, yes. who are you seeing in that? I mean, I have no idea. That's the fun of it, right? I mean, I think that it'll the be melting pot. It'll be the spot for a bunch of guys that we don't see. I think Sanity will pop up in there. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm assuming Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins will get in there, and it'll look like they're almost going to win. And then uh, Kurt Hawkins. My prediction is Kurt Hawkins will be the last man eliminated from that battle royal because you will think we're going to get the Kurt Hawkins moment that Zack Ryder got uh, in Dallas, mm. and then we will not. I, I let's. I'm going to lobby for that. You're going to lobby for him winning or for him? No, I think he'll get eliminated. I think he'll think he's got his moment and then he'll get eliminated because he's a loser. I'm actually going to lobby for the full win. Okay. Well, you're, you like a happy ending. Yeah. You know, you deserved ending. Right. I like to see Kurt Hawkins lose. That's the two of us. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. That's that. It's it right there. That's the difference. So cruiserweight and I'm, and you're definitely going to get legends in that match. I don't know who, but you're definitely going to get some legends. Like, where do you, do you throw Elias in that, too, or no? No, Elias is the musical guest. So I think that Elias will be... Uh, uh, Not at all. No, I think that he'll be doing... Hope I liked what he did at... Ricochet? Uh, no, because I think that Ricochet and Aleister Black are shining. I think like that's... The Battle Royal is where you might throw in, like, a Pete Dunne. Or uh, maybe even Walter. Like, Walter might show up from NXT UK or something like that. I think that the Battle Royal is a spot. I mean, Ricochet, maybe. I, I really always just handle it. My bad. I always handle it like a grab bag. I really just throw everybody great that's left without a spot into yeah. that bucket. And yeah. I really got to stop doing that. Yeah. No, you know, I mean, I get it. I get it. But the problem is that only one person can win. So if you put all the good guys in the Battle Royal... Then a bunch of them just showed up and lost a battle royal. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what that did for anybody. <laughs> okay, good point. Tony, Moving on. Yes, Tony Nese is getting the cruiserweight title shot against uh, Buddy Murphy. And, you know, I mean, you can poo-poo the cruiserweight match if you want. But last year at WrestleMania, you know who got the cruiserweight championship match? Do you remember who the challenger was? It's oh, a- boy. It's okay Going if you back don't. back in the brain. Yeah, I know. It's okay if you don't. Because you're going to go, oh, wow, when I tell you. I could figure it out if I spent a lot more time on it. You're right. Go it's ahead. Spur of the moment. Mustafa Ali. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. No. No. <laughs> no. Didn't but, even, I don't even remember any of that in my brain, to yep. be completely honest. Mustafa Ali came out, and he had, like, Sub-Zero gear on. He had amazing holographics on his outfit. But the point is that that was a huge spot for Mustafa Ali. And clearly, Mustafa Ali has had one of the best years that any superstar could ask to have. Um in terms of going from 205 Live to being one of the main event players on SmackDown. Yeah, like, good for him. That's good. And he deserves it, but it's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy for Tony Nese in this one. I don't know if he's going to win the match, but I'm uh, I'm very happy that Tony Nese, because he has not had a lot of spotlight to shine in. You know, he's not the one that ends up. The Cruiserweights, you end up getting one Cruiserweight match per pay-per-view if you're lucky. And you mm-hmm. don't see Tony Nese much, especially since the Cruiserweights aren't on Raw anymore. So it's cool to see Tony Nese get this opportunity. Agreed. Yeah. 
Give what? everybody a chance. Yep, that's that's the positivity there. I like that, Sam. Uh, yeah, I like it. And I like Tony Nese. What do you think of uh, one of the, I, maybe the most controversial match? This is one of the few matches that when it was announced, people were so disgusted that they said, this has to be WWE trolling us. There's no way this match is ap- actually happening. And it seems as though it is. I think you know Corbin. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, you know. Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. You don't think this match is going to happen no, at all? Not at all. You are so disgusted by this match. You're going, there's no way. No way. I think, <laughs> I think it's going to be like a Cena move. So you think Cena comes out and... Do, I so, do. Do you think we find out on the Raw before WrestleMania? Or do you think we find out at WrestleMania that we're not seeing Baron Corbin, we're seeing John Cena? No, I think we see a lead up. Okay, so we are going to get the weak heads up. That's correct. In my subjective two-cent opinion. I love it. So if we do not see... I've been asking you... I'm going to call you out on this, Sam. Okay. I asked you about your thoughts on Corbin months ago. Yeah. What's the updated thoughts on the... I still love Baron Corbin. Come on! I think he's a great bad guy. Here, you know what? I can't wait. I can't wait for Baron Corbin to go to MetLife Stadium and beat Kurt Angle. Do you know how... Angry, everybody's going to be. Everybody's going to be furious. Are you kidding me? They are going to be livid. You're going to have the kind of heat that Ric Flair talks about when he was getting stabbed by people in the audience because they hated him so much. Baron Corbin will be the most hated man in New York and New Jersey combined, even more hated than Bill de Blasio, will be Baron Corbin at WrestleMania if he beats Kurt Angle. I badly want this match to happen, and I want Baron Corbin to win because I want to hear the boos rain down over Baron Corbin and just Baron Corbin sitting there and and basking in a job well done. I am fine with throwing Bill de Blasio in the Battle Royal. <laughs> and don't even, I don't want to go into like a cape, but don't even plan it out. Okay, right. and that's all I'm going to say. Just throw him in. How much time do you have to talk about New York City? This is 10 <laughs> years. Let's turn it into... Okay, I'm done. Let's get okay. the bike lanes going. Okay. So, so, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm still a Baron Corbin fan. I think he's a terrific bad guy, um, and I think people boo him, and it's awesome. You are so sick of this, you can't believe that this would even be brought up. Do you think, let me ask you this, if we watch Raw on Monday night, and there is no John Cena, and... At, at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the USA Network switches over to Temptation Island or whatever's on. <laughs> Which is just repulsive, by the way. What are you talking about? Let's see oh if these. Oh my God. Let's, let's watch these people in relationships hang out with people of opposite sexes. Maybe they'll cheat on each other. It'll be great TV. Wendy, <laughs> Wendy I'm just not sure. We have two kids, but I really I, I hooked up with five other people in the last 24 hours. <laughs> Okay, I love it. I, it's I love beyond it. my palate. The okay. guys go like, oh, I was hanging out with this super hot girl in a bikini on, in paradise. I've never felt this way about somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a representation of real life. Um, but let's say Temptation Island begins and we're still being advertised Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin at WrestleMania. Will you believe it then? Or will you sit there and say something's still got to give? I can't accept this. Well, because when you when you talk it out so eloquently about how much people will Mm-hmm. hate him even more than they hate him now mm-hmm. it's a strong word strongly dislike they oh no it makes sense uh, it you, makes sense you don't want to use the word but i will they will hate baron corbin they, they <laughs> there will be hatred being sent to baron corbin i just think it was such a bizarre 
I still stand. It's just a, a crazy choice out the gate. Like there has to be a reason for it. I feel like everybody's saying that. Yeah, and everybody is. But you, because people want a feel good moment. They want Kurt Angle to win at WrestleMania, and I do not. If you're announcing your retirement matches at WrestleMania, you have no business. Yeah, but we also winning. have retired for now. This is under the retired for this moment. It's being advertised. Nobody retires. Nobody retires anymore. Look, it's being advertised as his last match. And if it's your last match and that's how you're advertising it, you have no business winning that match. None. That's how I feel. Let's he get in. You can't win the match. Who, Kurt? It, it does nothing. Exactly. Okay, you it see my point. Nothing. So if he's going to lose anyway, lose big. Lose to Baron Corbin. It's awesome. <laughs> 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 Let's get into the Falls Count Anywhere match. The Miz versus Shane McMahon. Uh, I think that this is one of these stories that has been told uh, very, very well. You know, who would have thought that we would finally get to a place where Miz as a good guy is even remotely palatable? Yeah, but you've been such a Miz fan since the get. I have to hand you that. Yeah, but you know what? When the Miz was a good guy the last time, it was one of the most god-awful things you could ever see. Now, <laughs> now, people are actually voluntarily cheering for him. It's pretty That's amazing. It, I mean, doesn't the doesn't the whole reality show, I mean, not stating anything anybody doesn't know, but it, didn't that change everything? I think it changed a lot because people saw him as a family guy and people actually just started to be entertained by him. But I also think it's the fact that Miz... Uh, and you're right, I've been a fan for a long time. Miz has gotten very, very good at being a WWE superstar. And the confidence that he's always had is fine. Is actually, over the past two years or so, uh, maybe a little more, is actually getting backed up. Like, we're actually seeing where this confidence comes from. And I think that when somebody starts performing on that level, they do finally develop the ability to adjust and to pivot and to go from... Uh, Bad guy to good guy. I also think the fact that he's working with Shane McMahon, and Shane happens to be so good and believable. And when he grabs when he grabs Greg Hamilton by his jowls, I believe that Greg Hamilton is in trouble. And when he grabs the Miz Sr. by his jowls, I believe that Shane McMahon is not a nice guy. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. I think that uh, the Falls Count Anywhere scenario, I'm assuming that Shane McMahon is going to jump off of the big MetLife oh. sign. You if know? there's any guarantees, you know, that it, I think this is why this is one of the matches that I'm most looking forward to. You know it's going to be insane, period. Over under that Shane McMahon just climbs to the roof of the stadium and jumps off into the parking lot. Over. So you're saying it'll probably happen. Yeah, dude. Yeah, me too. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course it's, it's going to. Like it's guaranteed <laughs> yeah. insanity. Right. You got an open roof stadium. You got, Somebody's got to jump off it, right? Lady Gaga yeah. did it at the Super Bowl. Shane McMahon will That's do it true. at WrestleMania. That's true. Thankfully, the weather's looking good. Remember when a few months ago when we were talking about it potentially snowing? Oh, yeah. Forget it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is looking good. But they are having that heated ring. If you watch the WWE's YouTube channel, they're reassembling it, uh, which is awesome. I mean, you talk about technology. That's what you should be mm. doing. You should be doing Ooh, a behind hey. the, the scenes yeah. about that heated ring and how the electronics work and everything. And Yeah. 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 Because this is what was interesting is that the, the, the contraptions that they have – it's not just so that the wrestlers stay warm in the ring. Really, what the issue is, is that if it gets freezing outside, then the wood and the steel that construct the ring become hard <laughs> as a rock. And so they actually have to warm the wood and the steel so that it stays room temperature. So that Dude, the... shut up. You're taking my story. Okay. You're right. You're right. Go for you it. You don't know. It, you just It's a switch. That's all you know. There's like a, There's a switch to turn it on. 
I'll can't, do the rest. I can't wait to hear about it. I can't wait. <laughs> um, women's Tag Team Championship is on the line. This is uh, something I'm glad that they went in this direction. It's something that uh, I kind of uh, saw coming as it started to build over the last few weeks on Raw. And they're uh, they're going for it. It's Sasha and Bailey defending against Nia Jax and Tamina. The Iconics. And, Iconics. <laughs> and Beth Phoenix, a returning Beth Phoenix, alongside Natalia. Um you know, I think this is a pretty good spot to let everybody shine. I just say Beth Phoenix is killing it. You see her killing arms? Killing it. Do you see oh her arms? Gosh. Her whole body. Incredible. I'm just so impressed. She's been retired for years. She's still in as she's in wrestling shape 24/7. It's amazing. It really is unreal. I don't know how Edge does it. If I was married to a woman like that, I would feel insecure, even more insecure than I already do. I can't I can't believe it. <laughs> Is that possible? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Give me a softball. <laughs> um, uh, but I think, you know, I think that it's a good match for Sasha Banks and Bailey. You know, it allows uh, those two who, let's be honest, you're talking about the four horsemen of NXT, four, four horsewomen of NXT. You've got Becky and Charlotte in the main event. You don't want to have a scenario where the other two four horsewomen are not shining. Well, guess what? You've got, you've got Charlotte with gold. You've got Becky fighting for gold. You've got Sasha and Bailey both with gold. It's a pretty good scenario for the four horsewomen of NXT. I think that Nia Jax and Tamina definitely deserve the spot in the sense that I think it should be reinforced what a brutal tag team they are. And I'm I'm surprised that the Iconics are getting this kind of shine, but, uh, you know, except for when they're throwing popcorn at me and insulting I me. I saw that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, they're not they're not polite people. They're not nice people. They're not good people. But they're they are funny people, though. They're entertaining on television. They're all, actually very much so. I will say this: they're awful human beings. Uh, the, <gasps> yeah, yeah. Well, that's How clear. How dare you, Billy, Sam? Bill, I was going to have your back on this, and then don't go there. Yeah, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are clearly terrible human beings, but <gasps> very entertaining. So, could be good. <laughs> could be good. I'll, I'll add in one line, and it's just a subjective opinion. It yeah. probably isn't even warranted, but uh -huh. I like Sasha and Bailey better on their own as singles. Yeah. But don't they add a lot of credibility to that Women's Tag Team Championship? Correct. Right. I mean, if you're going to launch the Women's Tag Team Championship, I do think that they're the best team to do it with. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. All right. All right. I'm just saying we, we go back to the earlier part of the conversation and Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda, like, throw more people in that mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Post-WrestleMania? Oh, you mean you want to see Sasha and Bayley in— Back in the mix. Yeah, but you know what? Sasha and Bailey are another one. Although Sasha had an amazing match with Ronda Rousey at Royal Rumble, you know, I think that uh, they're actually at the moment better off in the position that they're in because they can still look like they're at the top of a division. You know, if you've got Charlotte and Becky and Ronda and Asuka and, you know, there's a lot of great women, it's going to be tough to figure out who's at the top of that division. And I don't know, I don't know that Sasha Banks and Bailey are right now. However, if they're in the tag division, they can really be shown to be top stars, which, I mean, we I think we all have. It's been well documented. Sasha Banks is my favorite wrestler at this point, so I'm, I'm in favor that of that. still stand firm? I mean, it's one of those forever things, I feel like. Oh, that's that's deep. You know? That's emotional. I like that. I mean, and I knew, you know, when they did, uh, I think it might have been Survivor Series weekend. When it was in L was Survivor Series in L.A.? Yes. Yeah, okay. So I think it was Survivor Series weekend when they did the uh, uh, the, the Galleries 1988 <laughs> show, the WWE art show. 
they had velvet paintings on display again, and you know. Is that velvet? Is that velvet? <laughs> yeah. Is that velvet? Is that velvet? <laughs> and you know I own The Undertaker. I own The Rock. I own Owen Hart. And these aren't prints. These are the original velvet paintings. Very, very nice pieces. And I went to that show, and I went in thinking that I'll buy the John Cena. Because if I've got Undertaker and Rock and Owen, throw John Cena next to him, you've got a pretty good Mount Rushmore going on. And I looked at the John Cena, and I looked, I looked at all these paintings. They had everybody. And I looked at the Sasha Banks, and I said, I simply must have it. Wait, I get two sentences. We're still talking about this. Mm -hmm. Can we tell the audience here how much you paid for the for the velvet? That's a lot of money. No, come on. Come on. It's Because it's, how long did you and I talk about this guessing game of how much you paid for the velvet? Well, you guessed like 150, right? <laughs> so, so, listen. Yeah. I've been to my share of fancy galleries and right. stuff where they pass around the appetizers and you're like, I'll have the whole plate. Like, been there, done that, okay? Mm -hmm. Continue to do that. I was way off on this. Yeah, let's just put it this way. If it were $150... Add a zero? I wouldn't know, but I would have bought like eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> and we can kind of, more or less, I think my math is seven or eight of them or so. We can. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was an investment, but it was a worthwhile investment. And I'm looking forward to seeing them at WrestleMania and then coming home and looking at my painting. Uh, United States title is on the line. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. This one kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I think people were hoping for an Andrade Rey match. You know, I was kind of uh, 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 politic, not politicking. I mean, I was going on the podcast and saying I wanted to see mask versus hair. Um, but as far as opponents for Samoa Joe goes and matches that we haven't seen before, I think it's going to be a great match. It's going to be a great match. To me, this is the one that I was like, oh, yeah, that one's happening. Right. No, I get that. I get that. And that's because that's one of the few that there's not a story that we're really sinking our teeth into as much as it is just a cool matchup, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and then you, as of this week, the Intercontinental title is on the line, Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor. Uh, I'm going to go back to what I said on the kickoff show uh, the night that Finn Balor technically won the Intercontinental title, but he pinned Leo Rush for it. If Finn Balor wants to win big matches, he's got to come out and face paint. Enough is enough already. Like, if the Demon wins and Finn Balor, the extraordinary, extraordinary man who does the other things he loses, then the demon should be the one coming out, but that's just me. Where do you see Leo Rush fitting into this one? Oh, he's got to get involved. I mean, I think that there's got to be some kind of, because I'm a, I've been a You're Leo a Rush. huge Leo Rush fan. Yeah, because I mean, he's, I used to watch him on the Indies. Like, I, I love that he's there. Uh, he's a 24-year-old piece of gold, after all. Um, <laughs> I think that Leo Rush is going to have some, I, I hope that he has some kind of huge spot, because Leo Rush can do amazing. He's small, so he makes everybody look like a monster. And he can do amazing aerial stuff. So I think that there should be some kind of... Like, you remember when he first started working with Lashley before they completely turned heel? And he would almost do, like, Matrix-type stuff to escape getting beaten up. Um, I want to see him do something spectacular at WrestleMania, and I think that's the, that's the arena to do it in. Absolutely. You got AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I'm telling you, uh, and I've said this on the podcast before, I'm more invested in this match than I thought I would be. Uh, really? Yeah, I thought the promo between them a couple weeks ago was super, super strong. Um, I think this is the perfect match for both of them. I think the idea that AJ Styles is in a must-win situation, because like I said, 
you know, he's done nothing in 2019. Uh, you know, he has to he has to do something to remind us that he's phenomenal. And Randy Orton is one of those guys that is just so uh, dependable that you're going to get a good match and he's always going to be a good villain. Like, he is always going to be a good foil. He's always good at disrespecting people. And you can never sit there and say, well, clearly Randy Orton is going to lose because he's won enough of those matches that you can never say that. Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm good with this match. Okay, fair you're, enough. You're the big AJ Styles fan. I am. Stands as my favorite wrestler to date. A lot of that is current, hair. Current. A, lot of, a lot of that is hair, though. And he, 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 he loves Jesus, so I got to go That's there. true. He loves mm-hmm. Jesus, and he loves mm-hmm. uh, uh, shampoo and conditioner. So, Oh, yeah, the, the hair is, like, he's, I mean, there was even a point where I was like, do I get the, the AJ Styles cut? Like, do I, is that the photo <laughs> that I bring in? Like, if you just do a little more, like, part it, like, right here. You could, yeah. you could, you could say he's got Jesus-like hair. I know we don't like to make those comparisons, but if we're Ooh, just talking about hair. Blasphemous. That's fair. That's fair ground. Right. It's just hair, and it's just based on the paintings. It's not based on anything besides the paintings in church. <laughs> That's totally fair. Okay. Okay, good. Okay. I go to you for stuff like that. Um, <laughs> no holes barred. Triple H's career is on the line. It's Triple H versus Batista. Um, I was very, very excited about this match. Uh Early on, before it was even official, when Batista came out on SmackDown 1000 and uh, had that stare down with Triple H, I thought it was amazing. Uh, He came on Raw, uh, surprised a lot of people by being villainous and Triple H being portrayed as a good guy, spitting all over the place, just wanting what he wants. Oh, yeah. Wanting, he just wants to get what he wants. Now, I enjoy his dialogue about being held back by Triple H because... You know, if you read the internet, that's all you hear about Triple H. The idea that he's held people back. You hear about that 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 um um that conversation has been had for I mean, 15 years or so. Everybody, oh, Triple H held this person back, held that person back. Every bitter wrestler shoot interview has something about Triple H holding people back. You know, that's that's the idea that that is being incorporated into this storyline in a way that feels kind of real. I enjoy. I thought Triple H's retort against Batista started to feel real uh, on Raw, um, and I thought it really felt real when he couldn't get the envelope out of his pocket. Um, but but I liked that he was saying that uh, Batista's agent wanted the date of WrestleMania to be moved because it's like, oh, Batista's one of those oh, movie yeah, stars. Yeah. Like, that's just yeah. like, that's the quintessential diva movie star behavior that, I don't know, it just felt like like that little thing Triple H saying Batista wanted WrestleMania moved was the little thing that sold me on Batista, you know, being movie star Batista. And Batista saying Triple H is trying to hold me back so that he can look better is the thing that sold me on Batista having a gripe with Triple H. Uh, I'm thinking that this is going to be a knockdown drag out. I think both guys are going to come in. Nobody expects them to steal the show, but I think both guys are going to want to. What do you think? Well, and talk about coming in. I think that's going to come in hot because I. Th- the one thing I, in terms of like production quality, I always look forward to is a Triple H entrance at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Anything better? Opens Do you have a strong. favorite? For me, my favorite Triple H entrance, I believe, was in Dallas. I think that uh, we were there uh, sitting in the skybox for this one, and it's the one that Stephanie did that monologue on top of the entranceway. Oh, that was, yes. Wasn't it amazing? And watching was, her just even go. Even where we were sitting, because yes. like, that skybox is like high up. You know, yes, like especially seats, in Dallas, like, yeah. You're not on a big screen. Whoa, good one. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll match you there. 
the motorcycle's always strong too. Really cool. Really, really cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Triple H would win this one. I don't think he's going to give up his career, but who knows? Uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. We only got a couple left. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Again, I mean, people were mad when they thought it was going to be Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin because Baron Corbin just makes people <laughs> mad. Um, but I think this is perfect. You know, I think this is going to make Drew McIntyre uh, look like a bigger star than than he already is. I think this is a high profile space for Drew McIntyre. And I think it's just right for Roman Reigns to be here. We get to have, like you like, a feel-good moment with Roman. And it's done in a way where it doesn't distract from anything else going on. It doesn't distract from the main event. doesn't distract from anything. We're just getting into a lot of matches, man. Look. I'm, like, looking at the lineup. It's going to be a match card. It's a lot. It was, like, what, like, four and a half, five hours last year? Come on, with the kickoff show, look. Ten. Kick, kick, kick. Did, what was, was it? A full day? My what bad. was it? It was between four and I ten hours, right? I a nap in between, just to get you know, get re-energized. I mean, realistically, you're looking at a seven-hour show with kickoff show included. Kickoff show starts at five. Are you doing kickoff show? I will be there. Yes. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have a busy WrestleMania weekend. I'm really, really excited about it. Anything else you can share? Well, I'll be at NXT as well. Oh, it's busy. Yeah, yeah. I'll be very, very busy. Very, very busy. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I'm going to have kickoff show fever. You're going to call me the marathon man by the time this is done, if everything goes according to plan. I'll be having. You always wanted to break that record, the world Guinness World Record for for broadcasting. Broadcast, you know. That's right. There's going to be Good somebody. Warm-up. There's going to be somebody next to the uh, kickoff table that's just handing me little cups of water, so I can just you know <laughs> throw them back and keep going, keep going. Hot take, hot take, hot take, water. Hot take, hot take, hot take, water. Um. <laughs> All right, then you got uh, your two championship matches, and this is uh, this is it. Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan apparently is going to happen based on SmackDown, and, you know, I think this Kofi Kingston story has been told perfectly. You know, I think that fans are just, just, just in a rage at Mr. McMahon, and that doesn't happen that much in 2019, that, that people are really mad that Vince just won't let Kofi have the title match, and it seems like it's finally going to happen. Um... And, you know, I don't know if you want to touch this with a 10-foot pole or not, but I'll uh, I'll throw it your way anyway. How have you felt, and I'll say it delicately because I, I don't want to have a big uh, social conversation here. This isn't what the Not Sam Wrestling podcast is for. But, you know, we usually talk about when WWE brings up real stuff that is uncomfortable in storylines, right? We talked about it with, with Ambrose. We talked about it with Paige back in the day. Um, how have you felt about the subtext and the undertones that have been going on with this Kofi Kingston story. You're going to have to get more specific on that. That, that, that. And maybe you haven't even picked up on it. Cause I think that some people haven't, but there have been, you know, if you follow along with what biggie and are we going back to Jamaica or no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're we're like not going back that far. It's like playing Tetris here. Go no, ahead. but I mean the, 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 the clear racial undertones that are there that when, when the New Day and when even Byron Saxon on commentary starts doing it, Byron Saxon has done a tremendous job on commentary with this whole Kofi Kingston story, in my opinion. But the whole uh, anyone but you, this isn't for people like you, right? I think that that's people are clear. Gosh, Sam, I didn't even pick up on that because I mean, maybe somebody's sitting there saying I'm totally spaced out. I think it's because you're just nice. You're just a genuinely nice person, and and you don't. You try. You avoid the evil in the world so much that sometimes you miss it. 
Is that fair? <laughs> I, that's kind. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it, I think I, I think I spaced on it. Yeah. Well, then I guess. Uh, Is it that obvious? Am I like, hello? No. I mean, I had this conversation with Wade Collar last week that that I know that there are people that have certainly this has gone a little bit over their heads, and I think that it's designed to go over people's heads. I think it's designed in a way that if kids are watching. That it's not, you know, that this this kind of uh, heaviness, the heaviness that is attached to this is not going to be on a kid's radar. And if it's just not something that you ever think about, it's probably not going to be on your radar. But I just think that it's uh, interesting that for me, and, you know, I I, I look deeply into these stories. Um, you do. But, it, but now that you're saying it, like... And now is it starting... It well, no, I, I, I'm i wondering why they even would... Knowing what we know about WWE... Mm-hmm. Why would they even do that? I mean, I... well, I think it's because they want it to feel. E- Look, and this is again. I had a similar conversation with Wade Keller last week. That it's one of those things that if you add this subtext in, and Kofi wins the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, you've got an amazing story, and it looks good for Kofi, and it looks good for the WWE, and everybody involved comes out feeling great. And if Kofi does not win at WrestleMania, you've made a tremendous mistake. So, so I think <laughs> I think that it all depends. On what that result looks like. But Linendahl, I'm telling you right now, in January, at the Royal Rumble, there was one person in the world that said, I think Kofi Kingston is going to win and he's going to go to WrestleMania to fight for the championship. And I looked at that one person and I said, you're out of your mind. Was it Kofi Kingston? No, it was Hot Dog. My my little buddy Hot Dog. He's the only person. Hot Dog said, Kofi's going to go to WrestleMania. I said, you're a maniac and you'll never be a creative writer. And he has rubbed it in my face every day. So... He deserves full credit for that. And a de- that was a good shout-out. That was deserved. Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Um, you know, I think this is going to be Seth Rollins. This is going to be a moment for Seth Rollins if he wins. If Seth Rollins wins the Universal title, is it a bigger moment for him than when he won uh, at WrestleMania push-play button in uh, uh, California? Remember, you know, that's the, that's the one that you and I went to when uh, he cashed in. And oh. and came out and kind of swung that belt over his head or championship over his head uh, as WrestleMania went off the air. Does beating Brock Lesnar one on one and being the Universal Champion beat that moment or no? Can I first phrase frame this question? That and I'm out of order here, so I'm, I'm pressing pause for a moment Please and do. just asking you if Brock Lesnar has the the hype that he did one two years ago. You know, I think that that with all the focus, there's there's a lot of hype on a lot of matches. I think with all the focus on the Brian and Kofi story, I think with all the focus across two shows on the women's main event, that yes, like the, the, the hype has gone down for Brock, but that's because this is not the main event. Like when you are announcing that Ronda versus Charlotte versus Becky is the main event for WrestleMania. What you are also announcing is Seth versus Brock is not the main event for WrestleMania. And Brock is always the main event. So I think this, that that so might... What does that, what does that do or say? I think that it's more about the women than it is about Brock. You know, I don't, I don't think that it's about Brock. I think that it's just, we've got a lot going on in WWE right now. And I think that when Brock comes out and when he starts fighting you'll remember the hype. I think that that is Brock Lesnar's gift. That even if you're not thinking about him right now and going like, uh, I don't know, who cares? 
once Brock comes out and he starts beating people up, you go, oh my God, what am I looking at? And who knows, by the way, at WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar, based on his track record, nobody saw him beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. Nobody saw him beating Reigns at WrestleMania 34. So who knows what he's going to pull out at WrestleMania 35. I hope Seth Rollins wins, um, but we don't know. How much longer do we see, in your opinion, this the the part-time, part-time, part-time? I mean, of Brock? Yeah. I mean, Brock's the only one that can pull it off. I think that, I think that, I don't mind Brock being. I just feel like the card is after this conversation, and I'm only just thinking about this now. Maybe I shouldn't be saying it out loud now because I haven't really thought it out. Yeah. But this card is so stacked these days. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And Brock Lesnar came on board when it wasn't as stacked, in my opinion. Um, Correct. So you're right. He's not as much a necessity, but I think he still has a tremendous value because people still look at him as real. You know, he's a real quote unquote fighter and look at him. I mean, he's, he's just, he's a monster. There's nobody on earth like Brock Lesnar. Um, but I think in my opinion, what hurts him is being the universal champion. I think that that mm. that I don't care. Like Brock Lesnar can only wrestle twice a year, and I'm fine with that. And mm-hmm. these matches will be tremendously special. But a resentment builds up when because Brock Lesnar is only wrestling seldomly, we lose a universal championship. Like that title is just not in play. So I think that that title needs to be given to Seth Rollins, and then we can have Brock Lesnar as a part-time guy, and it's really just a bonus to everything else going on. You just nailed it because I think there's this undercurrent of getting a little like wait, why is, he comes out when he when he if he came out without the championship yes you, you there wouldn't be that undercurrent feeling of well, what the heck why is he not showing up every right week? like oh finally he's here like do I even want to see him anymore I'm so sick of, like I don't think that that would happen if he wasn't champion because then it would just be bonus um, I'm gonna let you go in a minute I know you got a lot of things to do but I did want to point out that as we're looking at this WrestleMania card, and you just said it's stacked, right? Stacked. As I talk to you right now, let's keep in mind, and I was thinking about this just today. It just occurred to me, like, wow. We're looking at a WrestleMania where for the first time in a long time, we have no Undertaker. Right now, we have... Ooh. Right now, we have no John Cena. John Cena's not on this card. I know that you think that he's going to jump in, but that's and it could happen. But as we look at this card that you just said is stacked, we have no John Cena on this card. And we have Roman Reigns, who, because of what he went through this year, is miles away from the main event. So you do not have Roman Reigns as a main event player. So out of your main event scene, out of your big WrestleMania matches, your marquee matches for WrestleMania, for the first time in I don't know how long, You have knocked John Cena, Undertaker, and Roman Reigns completely out of play. And for, I think, most companies, that has the potential to cripple you. Those are your three arguably biggest stars at WrestleMania over the last however many years. And somehow WWE has managed to pull it together. And if you look at it, you've got Brock Lesnar, but he wrestles a bunch of pay-per-views. Really, the only WrestleMania specialty is Triple H versus Batista. Everything else are guys that you can see when you tune into Raw and SmackDown every single week and girls that you can see when you tune into Raw and SmackDown every week. And I think it says a lot about WWE's, uh, the depth of their talent pool and their ability to tell stories in a pretty short time as compared to other WrestleManias. Well, and the addition of the Battle Royal with Che and 
Jost. I'm not counting the battle royal. I know oh, that that's your that's your bread and butter. You I'm love your battle royal. I know you um, how much it, I know. I feel like you're going to turn off the show after the battle royal because you you got your money's worth. What? <laughs> you're like I'm here for the battle royal, people. Throw them all in. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Tatanka? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no, I I think that wait, it's. A, do we see an Undertaker appearance though? Is I don't think so. Really? I don't, I don't think so. No. Wouldn't that be breaking a streak? A really, 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 really long. No. There hasn't been. Did we skip a few years? We skipped. Uh, I think we we skipped a year. I mean, look, his 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 streak, his WrestleMania streak, is certainly not consecutive. I know that we skipped WrestleMania ten for sure, for sure, for sure. But more recently. Uh, who did he, at WrestleMania 32, 33, 34, has he skipped one since Brock Lesnar? Maybe not. I don't know. I'll have to do a little, uh, look up. Um, it's good that we're thinking about this though, because I'm saying that I don't know if we see that being broke. Well, the streak is a, is a, uh, as a victory streak. No, that doesn't count. I'm just saying showing up. I see. I'm looking uh, end of the streak. Uh, da 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 da. Uh, WrestleMania 30. Oh, this is a thing. They're only listing. Who was after Lesnar? What was the? What, does it say in the order? Well, at WrestleMania 31 was in Palo Alto. That was Bray Wyatt. WrestleMania 32 was in Dallas. Um. We did Palo Alto. We did Dallas. And then what was after that? Or uh, Dal- uh, thirty-three was Orlando, and that was uh, that was Roman Reigns. That was the one that we thought might be a retirement. And thirty-four was John Cena. So who did he wrestle at thirty-two? Because you might be right. Because if he didn't wrestle, if he wrestled at WrestleMania thirty-two, then he has got quite a streak going on. There hasn't even been an ounce of talk on it. No, well, I mean that's part of it. I mean, I don't. If the Undertaker's not going to be there, then I. But don't that th- also just goes to show to the, the, the whole one of the themes of this conversation is how deep. Oh, the of course, is right now he wrestled Shane. Are. Shane McMahon was WrestleMania 32. Oh. So yeah, it has. You're right. I mean, he has had a pretty long streak of WrestleMania matches just in general. But the fact that you didn't even remember he wasn't on the show, that goes to show how yeah. how, how loaded this show is. All right, Katie Linendahl, I'm going to let you go about your business. Uh, where can the people find you? Oh, thank y'all. You of can course. find me Instagram, Twitter, it's fastest way, at Katie Linendahl. And, of course, on the TV lots of times throughout the week, so stay tuned. Yes, and if you follow her on Instagram and Twitter, you can find out where she's going to be on TV. It really right. works perfectly together. Thank you, as always, Katie Linendahl. You are a dream. Thank you so much. Ah! <laughs> Later. Here is Sam Roberts. So special thanks to Katie Lindahl. It was great talking to her again. Uh, what a wild trip it's been, man. What a wild ride to WrestleMania. And we're not even close to being done, I don't think. I Think about it. Vince McMahon, like the Kobe Kingston-Daniel Bryan match hasn't been made official official. In my mind, Caleb Braxton just goes, is Kofi Kingston going to WrestleMania? Vince just goes, yes. Vince also said at, uh, uh, at Fastlane, he made it sound like Kofi Kingston was going to be in triple threat for the WWE Championship. In reality, he was in a triple threat with Sheamus and Cesaro and Mustafa Ali. 
or just Ali, I guess at this point, was in the triple threat for the WWE Championship. So who knows where this is going to go? You know, who knows? I think there are still some twists and turns that are going to happen over the course of the next uh, week or so as we head to WrestleMania. And don't worry, I'll be there to cover it. Don't forget, if you're a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling, on Friday, I will drop uh, the WrestleMania Companion podcast where I talk about everything going on in New York WrestleMania weekend. And we will see you next week right here. By the way, if you got SiriusXM, make sure next week, probably kind of from now, well, next week, you know, whatever. Next week, make sure that you're tuned into the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts show because we got a bunch of uh, WrestleMania-related guests popping by. We'll see you then. We'll see you next week on the podcast. Toodaloo, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.